The FNRAD Snowboarding Podcast is sponsored by Wired Snowboards from Vancouver, B.C. I'm stoked that the boards I ride are made 10 minutes from where I live by guys that love to snowboard. As more and more Wired boards sell, I'm amazed to hear Rob tell me they're still able to build a custom board for you in about a week. But don't hold me to that because there's a limit to the number of hours these guys can work. You can find out how long it'll take for you to get a Wired board custom built with a custom graphic at wiredsnowboards.com or if you need to have one right now go to your local shop and buy a wired board today if you live in vancouver or north vancouver you can buy a board at either of the boardroom snowboard shop locations go to boardroomshop.com for all your snowboarding needs support also comes from decline outerwear Anon goggles vans boots grouse mountain and tribute board shop in nelson bc I saw Shane and the Tribute Boys last week at the Vancouver No Show. I was stoked to meet them in person. Tribute was named for snowboarding's super legend, Craig Elmer Kelly, who passed away in an avalanche on January 20th, 16 years ago. Seeing people's posts of Craig on the 20th has become a way to share in a celebration of Craig's life and his amazing contributions to this thing we all live called snowboarding. Whenever you're in Nelson, B.C., be sure to go to Tribute Board Shop and tell them you heard about them on the Rad Snowboarding Podcast. It was a totally fun time, didn't get too gnarly. I kind of look at the Mystery Air as an improved evolution of the Switchblade. Snowboarding is ours. And obviously I like working with Burton. As an old school snowboarder, you get so used to being treated as a second class citizen. And I was like, how do you spell your last name? He's like, K-E-L-L-Y. And I was like, oh, we should get married. And he's like, no too symmetrical. Kale Stevens has had a long career which started at age 12 getting sponsored by Sims. He was a standout competitive snowboarder for six years or so before moving to Whistler and starting to film video parts in the backcountry. He's well respected in the industry and is known to be able to handle heavy partying and still throw down hammers in the famous Whistler backcountry and all over the world. I recorded with him and his roommate Dave at his house in Squamish. Like the place to start is your legendary mom status. The fact that you're the only pro shredder that's got a fucking mom that rips harder than half the dudes you <laughs> ride with. Yeah. <laughs> when did that start? Um, mom got her for first board when I was 13. When I first started riding for Sims. So I got her aboard. It was a Sims Asum freestyle, asymmetrical freestyle board. I remember that board. Yeah. You hear how loud I am in here? See if you can get yeah. closer to the... Yeah, there you go. Whop, whop. And then maybe we should switch out your chair because yours is... You're in the actual... I'm in a squeaker. <clears throat> what a beautiful what a beautiful table nice. with just like... <laughs> Total snowboarder setup right now. This is like a fucking full on snowboard all this, house. All this furniture was at my grandma's house. Like forever, my great grandpa made this. He made that. He made that china cabinet over there. Holy he actually shit. made all the oak stuff in here except for this table. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, he was. It, that was his job. He was like he, a craftsman. He, he had the Peterborough Showcase Company. Sick. Like. It was like 1890-something to 1910-something like that. That's unfriggin' believable. So, yeah, where were you when when uh, 
when you started snowboarding, I already know you're in Collingwood. Yeah, I was in Collingwood. I was, I was 11. Is that your chair squeaking? I don't know who that is. I can hear something. <laughs> Might be the one that you're on. Yeah, that's definitely yours. You should swap that All out. All right, I can sit wicked still or... No, it's fucking me. Yeah, it's definitely me. <laughs> No, that one's just as squeaky. Dave, Dave, Dave's going to get a good one. I'll chop up this Romulan here. Yeah. So yeah, I was in. Uh, I was in Collingwood. I. Yeah, I guess I was. I think I was eleven, not ten. Yeah, I was eleven. Eighty-eight, eighty-nine. And did you guys you guys go to the local Canadian Tire and just pick up a black snow edge? And I got it from Towers. Oh my God, that's yeah. amazing! It was my uh, it was Towers. Christmas present. Yeah, killer. Thank you. I opened it Christmas Eve. Damn! All right, there. Dong. Okay, got it. So Christmas Day, you're out in the yard, basically, looking for a fucking hill? Yeah. Did you already skateboard at that point? Like, so is it just an extension of skateboarding? No, exactly. I, uh, yeah, I skateboarded, you know, like, since I was a baby, my brother, he was 14 years older than me, my mom's first kid, so he would put me on his board, like, in the kitchen as a baby and just stand me up and slide me across the kitchen and... And then he would, like, put me between his legs. And, like, back then he was, like, you know, because this was, like, I guess when I was still two, this was, like, 79 and shit. He would be, like, tic-tacking around, holding me in the middle. So I always had the feeling to be on a skateboard because he would hold me between his legs and ride all around. And then eventually I got a, had, you know, a multitude of banana boards. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, cruising. And then... uh I graduated like a Veriflex, I think when I was like seven, six or seven, and then God I got damn. this one called a Viper, and it was like carbon fiber, hollow honeycomb. We got from like a swap near Peterborough. And then the next summer, I went to California to visit my dad with my mom. I was eight years old. This would have been 85, Huntington Beach in Cali. And my dad, uh, we went to the Jack's surf shop, skate shop there, and my my dad got me uh, my first pro skate. It was a Jason Jesse Tracker Ultralights, slime ball wheels. The Sunface one? No, the before that one, the Neptune. The Neptune. Yeah. That's fucking such the heyday of skate graphics, too. Oh, man. And, okay, so it's a perfect storm, then. You got a mom that's going to snowboard. You got an older brother... Which, that seems to be the recipe for being a fucking shred, is to have an older brother that you're kind of chasing a bit. And then you've got a dad in California, which, that's just unheard of. Yeah, so I was actually, uh, well, my mom met my dad at a bar in Long Beach called The Trap. (laughs) And uh, they hit it off, obviously, and then uh, I popped out. A couple years later, and I spent the first couple years of my life down there with my mom and dad. We lived all over, like, Southern Cali and ended up in Fallbrook, California. 
when I was like two. Or like an avocado farm. And Rad. uh Yeah, my my brother lived there, like my brother was fourteen when I was born. Mm-hmm. And my dad already had four boys of his own when I was born. So there I have four half brothers in California. Or had when I grew up. Yeah. And then uh yeah, we lived there till I was about two and then uh two and a half and then went back to Ontario. And my dad stayed in Cali. And uh yeah. And then you went to Catholic school, even though you weren't Catholic. That's yeah. Fucking well, incredible. It was it was just the closest school in my zone and my my I think my grandpa was actually mad at my mom because he was Christian. Yeah. My grandma really didn't give a fuck. My mom didn't give a fuck, but it was just the closest school that made the most sense. So, yeah. And all my friends that were close to me, they went there. So, yeah, I rolled in there. That's sick. So, so you're skating from a very young age, and then you. That, I mean, snowboarding at eleven is fucking very young at that time. I remember around that time, I would have been, you know, like sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. And we would go to those talisman contests or, like, Lake Ridge or whatever. Yeah. And, like, you guys would be such kids. We'd be, like, they're fucking, like, children snowboard now. Like, it was <laughs> a weird thing that old people snowboarded. That would be, like, a 25-year-old. You'd be, like, a fucking 25-year-old snowboards down at Blue Mountain. Like, I swear to God. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so many, like, 16-year-old kids. right? Oh, like, exactly. 16 to 18 or whatever. Yeah. But you guys... Like I mentioned before, like Dave Craig and Brian Langhorst, West Coates, you... Yeah, West Lotes. West Lotes, sorry. West Coates is a whole other guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You guys were like literally kids, like competing in the juniors. And then, I don't know what we would have been in, 16 to 18 or something? Yeah, well, I was in, at that point, I was in 13 and under. 13 and under was the kids. And then it went 15 and above. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. It was... Oh, yeah, it was 15 and under, not 13 and under. Yeah, and so you were... And then 16 and above. I remember the kids that were under 15 were crushing compared to the above 16s, like, by that point, around 91, yeah. 92. <sighs> to a certain degree, yeah. But yeah, then, like... But then you had, like, Todd DeCoker yep. and Kevin Young yep. and those boys that were yeah. definitely a step way oh, above Oh, they were fucking good, yeah. Yeah, it's true. But it w- those contests, I for- I forgot until I was talking with Terry, like, local contests would sometimes bring, like, a hundred guys out. Remember going to, did you go to those parties when you were that young, like the talisman, like, just, like, all ages? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Crazy shit. Like, we were children yeah. at parties where there was booze. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, because, <laughs> like, I was there with my mom. and yeah. My mom was friends with, you know, I was a kid at the time, so she became friends with all the other parents, and then the people that they're in their early 20s or whatever, it was just a community back then. It's yeah. like, yo, if you're here, you're here. Yeah. And we were there, so. Yeah, I can remember that. Uh, I have vague recollection of the hallways of that um, hotel that was there. And it would just be, everybody would have their doors open, and exactly. people would be the, just. The talisman It was resort, insane, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah, that was insane back then. And then I didn't even really know anything about out west until I rode with KY and Anthony and Anthony was talking about Black Home, like that was the spot. 
And uh, then uh, actually what happened to me is is uh, I went to Wendell's. So I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when Tim Wendell came to Lake Ridge? No. Oh, it was so long ago. It was like 90. And then I went to Wendell's because he was on the chairlift with me. And I was like, I'm going to Craig Kelly's camp. No way. And he's like, you should come to my camp instead. And then I told my parents, like, Tim Wendell invited me to his camp. You know what? I do have a vague memory of him going there now. I remember. Yeah. Definitely, because I remember, like, thinking, like, oh, Kevin Young. I remember yeah. being like, yo, Kevin Young is, like, killing it better than Tim Wendell. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Like, Tim Wendell came, and he and he went as fast as he could at the at the goofy footed backside wall of that pipe at, at Lake Ridge and he flew into the trees on his first hit and he just was like I fucking hate this place I'm not doing this anymore and that was the demo yeah it wasn't used to riding on the ice slick I've heard that he's done that a few times if he's listening and I know he listens sometimes if he's listening I've heard he's that's yeah. a move he'll do is yeah. go up and just like bail Big on the first hit, and then be like, "Ah, fuck it, it's too icy, it's too yeah. shitty, or whatever." I'm out. I'm not gonna risk my body on this. Yeah, that was uh, that was the windward mark brought him in, and windward mark was doing yeah. checker pig boards. Kevin Young was riding for checker pig right after that. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then that was like the year before I moved out. But you stayed in Ontario and competed for four or five more years. Yeah, I I uh, well, my first competition there, I was twelve. I was at Talisman. And then there was three more I went to that year, I think. One at Dagmar, one at Lake Ridge, and maybe the other one was at Snow Valley. That makes sense. Or maybe two at Lake Ridge. Regardless, yeah, that was, uh, that was 90. Yeah. And Fuck. Then, yeah. And then, there. so when did you move out, uh, to BC? I moved out to BC in '96. '96, yeah. Yeah. So, and did you did you like did your mom come out here with you and you guys like settled into BC or did you move in with like Dow and Devin and Yeah, I moved Cash out and... here by myself. She came on a couple trips for the nationals. Yeah, and uh, stuff. But yeah, I moved out here. Moved into twenty twenty eight Chesterfield. <laughs> it's like Devin and Dow, Cashin. Suaro, dude, Winfield, Russell, Russell yeah. Winfield, yeah, <laughs> and my friend Carl that I grew up with. We moved out here together. Sick, like packed up, graduated, skated for a couple of days, and just drove straight to Seattle and then up to Vancouver. You graduated grade twelve, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and then exactly. you're like, I'm out. Yeah, fuck it. So, what time of year did you get here? Like summer? Yeah, summer. We got here like mid July. Hung out. For a couple months, and then uh, Carl and myself hopped in my truck and drove down to SoCal on a little skateboard trip and stayed at my brother's in Huntington Beach and just based out of there and then skateboarded all over from, like, L.A. to... We went and skated the YMCA in Carlsbad. Rad. And we'd go, like, go down to San Diego. So we stayed in Cali until, I think, uh, well, we got there for the SIA or ASR trade show in the September. Surf yeah. yeah. Surf skateboard. And then we stayed until like the end of November. And, and then, then had, the snow, headed back to BC. Snow started. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, was Tom still running Sims at that point? Um, 
he he no, he, I don't think he was really running it. He was out of it. And mm-hmm. It was it was based out of Seattle back oh. then. Oh yeah, right. But uh, he still had a part of it, but he wasn't doing much. Like, w- was that the Umbro days? Yeah, that was Umbro. Yeah, the, like soccer yeah. company. Yeah, sports, it was crazy. Sportswear. That's so funny. Yeah, so your mom on that fakie, I, I remember that board well. Like black and like kind of purple, purple and gray. Yeah, and like it came. Yeah, it came. Well, in no, no, that was the the Asum. That's the Asum. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fakie that the year fakie, was sick too. Yeah, right? yeah. I rode that fakie. Uh, I think the fakie came out a couple of years, year after, or maybe it did come out that year. I just didn't write it because the board I got was the Palmer. Yeah, the first board. Yeah, sick. That I got from Sims. Yeah, when I was thirteen. Would that it was, have a, been it was huge a fifty-seven. It was, yeah. it was definitely like a couple centimeters over my head. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what were you riding before that? That before that, well, my first board was the Black Snow. So you got from, sponsored on a Black Snow, like no, somebody saw I, you. I rode the Black Snow. Yeah, yeah. And then the next season, I got a Camper Mini Rampage. Oh, the best. Yeah, from the like the Blue Mountain Turkey Sale. Nice. So, so it was I rode used. That. Yeah, it was used. It was yeah. Mini Rampage, Camper Bindings, setback with like zero and forty-five degree stance. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was the board I rode the next season in all the competitions and then I got sponsored at the end of that season Ralph Geronimo uh, you know saw him after the competition and he was like hey I'm the Sims guy this and that you want to ride a, you want a free board and you want to, I was like yeah yeah damn straight and you got one for your mom too that's so sick yeah that's amazing and then uh, actually you were saying uh, Kevin Young was riding for Checkered Pig right so yeah I remember uh getting a ruler i was like and checkered off my whole board for the next year for, for the end of that season for the nationals at lake louise that's amazing when i was 14 so i just made it all checkered just because you know i didn't even know checker pigs weren't even checkered really <laughs> no, Whatever, i was just like i just remember that clicked in my brain like oh man i'm gonna check this pig right here that's fucking amazing <laughs> Yeah, you know what? A lot of people don't remember Checker Pig because it was such a weird, you know, Tim Wendell was on Sims and he was like, what actually happened with Tim is he went to Austria with Craig and they they learned how to teach snowboarding together. And they actually ran their camp together for one year in Black Home. Tim and Craig ran one single camp and then Tim broke away and did his own down in in uh mount hood but because they'd been training all summer they had a leg up on everybody that hadn't been and they both won like world champion titles the next year and they were also breaking down how to snowboard so they were really good at like using their edges and like board board control board control and teaching how people how to do it like they had dissected it so much they got really good at you know learning themselves that was a crazy time yeah, so, yeah, and then so and, I went to uh, I went to Camp of Champs when I was sick. fourteen, turning fifteen. So that was my first time. That's to amazing. Whistler. Who were the head coaches and who were the like? Oh, it was, uh, was well back then. So Camp of Champs, we had uh, like who was it? Don Schwartz. Yep. Sick. Dan Ockenbach. Sick. Um, well, Kelly, Craig Kelly was off, obviously, at Kelly Camp. Yep. Rushy was up there. I didn't know if he was a coach. Uh, Duck Boy would have been there. Yeah, Duck Boy. 
Man, that's like going back a long time. For yeah, me to like yeah, Jacoby, right? Exactly no, there, no, no. I know. Uh, yeah. Did you go back to Ontario being like, holy shit, there's like a whole other world of snowboarding and the mountains are massive? Yeah, yeah. Well, I came back to, like, when I got back to high school in September, after that whole summer, it just like changed my life. It was crazy, you know, like. I came back, I had, like, bleach blonde hair, <laughs> like, dreads, like, the start yeah, of dreads. Like, dreads. Like, who is this kid? Everybody did that. Everyone had the Nick Parada starter dreads. Yeah. That's so sick. So, when you move out here, do you get a sled pretty much right away? Uh, the first year, Sims had 15 credits with the guy in Squamish. 15 days of free rentals for me. That's so, really cool. Yeah. First year. Yeah, first year. Fuck. And I was, uh, like, I met up with uh, Johnson and Kearns, and basically they asked me if I wanted to film for Whiskey 3. Oh, man. So I was on their program. My first day was in Brougham Ridge, like, right out of Squamish here. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was Johnson, Kearns. What was your impression? Could you handle it? And you were like, I'm down for this? Or were you like, this is fucking crazy? Well, it it was straight cloudy day with like two feet of powder. So it was like flat light on a crazy power for snowmobile. It was like a 583 two-stroke for back then. It was Yeah, it was just insane. And after that, you know, that was just like we didn't get anything done probably for a couple of days. But then you get out <laughs> on a sunny day and start making it happen. Yeah. Yeah, and Johnson and Kearns, were they as intense as they, was that like peak intensity for those guys? No, that was probably like two two years after that, they like mellowed out, you yeah. know, with like whiskey, whiskey came out, I right. think 95, yep. and whiskey two was probably 97, seven. Maybe, yeah. yeah, and then 98, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that, those were like the wild days, and obviously figured about like, oh, we're going to, we sold a bunch of videos, let's. Whiskey 3 was the one that actually had, like, proper snowboarding in it. Well, I, it was, I wouldn't say proper snowboarding. It was more tamed down to, like, part, part music. Yeah. And the yeah. other ones were raw, like, straight up just, you know. The shit that was, was going on in their lives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the real yeah, shit. yeah. I think I think Kearns got intense after that as well when he started filming, like, forum videos and stuff. And standard or sorry, yeah, Mac those Dog. guys buckled down and got real professional and learned the craft of filming 16 and really, like, buckled I think he down was intense. I think he was intense to film with. Like, for some people, it was, like, a little much. Yeah. Kearns? Kearns, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, he was always, you know, it was great. Like, I love filming with Kearns. He was just hilarious. And If he respects you, like, which he would have with you right away, it would be easy for you if you were somebody, like... DCP or someone that has to, you know, prove themselves or, you know, Kearns might get, if he gets his hooks Yeah, yeah he would definitely pick on people he would here pick and there. Yeah. Like to pick on Browner a little bit for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just different people, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was what it was. It was just, it was just insane to be doing that at that time. It was a dream come true. Yeah. That's, so you guys fun. are pioneering the backcountry in the Whistler Valley. That's got and and getting paid. Were you getting paid fairly well? Um, so 
my first paycheck was I was eighteen, I think, with Sims, mm-hmm. and then uh, rode for Sims a couple of years. My pay went up, but then I got fired from Sims when I was twenty three. Oh no, no, not twenty three. That'd be five years. More like twenty one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, twenty one, and then kind of went without a sponsor for a bit. Got on uh, Billabong. Oh, yeah. And, that was big. And I had a little bit of savings, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So I was just like, I'm just going to go hard and try and get some footage and get a, something popping. So that was when I was filming for Clear Cut, I think. And I got that going and just got kept getting uh, you know, magazine coverage and stuff. Totally. And then I went to the trade show in Vegas just to hunt around for a sponsor and got put on to a lion snowboards and talked with those guys and had a little powwow and uh, figured out a contract. That was such a good team. Yeah, so I was like 23, like almost 23 when that happened. So. Yeah, so you'd had like that, a year and a half, almost two seasons in there. Where you were kind of scrambling. Yeah, I think just one season. Were you competing in half pipe at that point? Still, no, no. That no. was that was yeah, post. I was that. done. I was like snow, were, snowmobile land. Yeah, yeah. And you were riding with all the fucking heads. So you were still getting coverage. What boards were you riding? Your old sim bo- Sims boards. Yeah, well, I was riding Sims boards for that year. Mm-hmm. That uh, I was still searching, kind of. Yeah. And then. Uh, I wrote an option for a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I had like a couple of weeks on an option or yeah. a couple months on an option. Yeah. It was actually a really sick board. And then uh got the Lion gig. Sick. Yeah. And I got on a Babs Charlet. Yeah. 162. Oh, my God. And then, uh yeah. That's incredible. When did the fucking sled thing happen? That was insane. The, sl- the uh, sled deck. Oh, my nose. And what the fuck happened there? Like, I've heard the story from secondhand. What happened for you? Like, so can you talk about it? I mean, you could, you did pictures of it that fucking day that I was like, I don't know if I can handle looking at these fucking pictures. I can't imagine how you fucking dealt with that. So with a smile on your face, it was insane. (sighs) I think it was really a smile, it was just drooping lip, fucking <laughs> drooping face. But uh, yeah, so I I had two sleds at the time. I had a O2 and a 2000 RMK. One of them had a little problem, so I had my sled stored at Devon and Kern's place in Alpine. So I didn't have a ramp in my truck. We went there and I brought two of my friends because I was like, oh, I don't got a ramp. We got to go switch these sleds out. Pull my other sled out, go to get the boys to hook it up, and I was I look out of the side of my out of the side view, and I'm like, oh, there's a ramp right there. And I was like, well, it's not quite a ramp, but it's gonna work. Yeah. Set it all up. Got it uh, you know, back then I was using wood ramps and there was like you know, I'd only been doing it for a couple of years and there was they were always heavy and sturdy and just stayed there. Yeah. But this ramp had like you know, I picture a ladder where the rungs just went out further, like each step went out like a two feet further, so it was like definitely going to hook my skis. Oh, and fuck. Uh, yeah, not at the time. 
juiced it up there. My skis hooked on the ramp. My ramp slid up the bumper. My sled went under my truck. So it was kind of like a ladder falling over your head. And one of the rungs hooked the top of my nose, pulled it down to the top of my lip, basically like a Christmas tree, and oh, opened it fuck. up. And I bit my tongue off, or most of the way through at the same time. Oh my fucking god! What was the what was the recovery time on that? Oh well, shit. It was uh, so I went about eight months not being able to breathe through my nose because when we pulled the packing out, it was still swollen. Yeah, and it healed all together. So I yeah. had like a pinhole in one side, and then I had another surgery. At eight months yeah, to like clear it out and open my nostrils and then about three months after that I started to breathe through my nostril like half decent and then how about and your tongue was your tongue alright yeah, stitches the, no the tongue was huge I had like 40 some stitches in my tongue so it was all like scar tissue and that's actually what I was most worried about at a certain point just cause it was like you know it's everything right so i always i had to like chew on my tongue and just like mush it around just to get all the scar tissue out of there holy you know, fucking shit for dude. years really yeah like, that in the was beginning insane. it was really tender so after like a year and then the next year and it's still a big lump in there and i'm just like God. chewing it and massaging it away Damn. for a couple of years and same with, same with my face on the nose i would always have my hands here and constantly rubbing it around. Yeah, yeah. You got to, right? That's what yeah. they told me to do. But so yeah. how long before it was, you could it was like two, um I went uh, about six weeks later you once I got the freak. packing out. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was good. I couldn't breathe through my nose, really, but my mouth was good. And yeah. I was good. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. just, luckily, it's... You filmed the, a part that year. Yeah, for oh. uh, Shakedown. Oh, my God. God. That was my last Mac Dog part. That's intense. That's crazy. What a year. It was intense. That was a doozer. Yeah. Yeah. You got clips like the first day back too, didn't you? I think almost the first day back we went to Super, we went to, or not Super, we went to our Perfect Jump, like built Perfect Jump and whatever, and I think second day back. That was the day that JP knocked himself out, knocked his teeth out. Oh, fuck. Guinea pigging it and got hellied out of there. And then uh, we were all going to go. And I, I just hit it straight air a bunch of times in a row. Yeah. I just did like 10 straight airs over it or less. Maybe like eight. Who knows? Unbelievable. Uh, that was my first day really getting it back since then. Yeah. Yeah. How has that affected your life since then? Like, if, did you get back to 100%? Um, yeah, my... My nose isn't 100%. I would say like 80% of the passageway. Sure. But uh, the swelling has mainly gone down and mm, mm-hmm. all that. You know, it's been years now. I was, 20, yeah. I was 25. Yeah. Back then, now I'm 41. So Yeah, 16, 16 years, years, ago. years ago. Yeah. It was after Devin smashed his voice box too, right? Yeah, yeah. He did that a bit before that. A couple like, years that before like that or whatever. 90. Ninety nine, did yeah. Ninety eight, ninety eight. I remember when he came in. Yeah, I remember when he came in, and I was like, "Is your voice going to be that forever?" Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't really care." I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty badass, actually." You guys were fucking badasses. Taking, I just, 
I remember seeing those photos, and I don't know what iteration of the internet it was at that point. I think it was maybe just emails or MySpace or some shit like that. And it was like... MySpace. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Have you seen these? And everybody was like... I remember having a MySpace and popping those up on my MySpace. Like yeah. Was, yeah, that's you know, what when, it was. When we were at the hospital. I right, got, I got, instantly, uh, yeah. We were, at, we were there, like... It happened at, like, 10.30 at night. So by the time oh, we God. got to the hospital, it was 11. And in Whistler, the hospital clo- like, closes yeah. at 10. Yeah, Which makes no sense in a resort town. Yeah, you have to call it, it, it a number and then, then they yeah, have to so bring so we rolled into in. the ambulance loop and yeah. got on the phone and we're like, yo, my friend's like, oh, my friend chopped his nose off, there's blood everywhere, hurry up. <laughs> we wait, we wait, wait like 40 minutes for an ambulance. So they get there and they like saunter out of the ambulance, do to do and then they look at me like, and they start getting white and they're like, this kid really did chop his nose off, I get it here. So then we go into the hospital and it's like... You know, we're waiting another 40 minutes for the doctor to show up. Right. So in that time, we were sitting there. I was like, shit, here's some money. I got one of my boys to run to 7-Eleven to grab a little disposable camera. That's incredible. So, yeah, they ran over, came back, popped that (laughs) off. I did a couple different poses. Yep. And uh, that that took like, you know, five, ten minutes to use 24 frames. And then... yeah. We should have went and got another one because after that, I was still playing with it for another 20 minutes. Like, uh, and like we would have definitely got some. Oh, my we, Imagine God. we had a video camera back then. Yeah. Phone footage. That's, yeah, you that should have called somebody. Mess. Yeah, yeah. You should have called no, somebody with a, with a high eight or something. But, yeah, <laughs> they did. They they turned that photo into that air hole, into that, yeah, yeah. Into that face mask. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was my doing there. I was yeah. Like, oh, we might as well use one of these. It was fucking awesome. That's so badass. So, yeah, let's talk about Airhole a bit. When did that... I've heard that maybe it was Browner and then you came up with the hole because you wanted to smoke ciggies? No, no. We, it was Browner and myself. We were out near Grizzly Lake, snowmobiling on our way back after a long day. We both had our you know, balaclavas under our helmets. Mm-hmm. And we got back, you know, stopped just out near the forum, stepped down, and... You know, pulled over, sunset happening, so we pull over to smoke a little dube, have some tea, like to eat. Our bandanas are all iced up from breathing, in, and it was a cold day. So we pull them off, and we're talking about it, like, fuck, wouldn't it be nice if you could just, like, breathe through all this condensation forming around here? And, like, one of us, or both of us, were like, yeah, let's cut a hole. So I think I got his scissors, and I cut a hole out of mine, and I had a fresh one in my backpack, so I... Went pulled that out and cut the hole out of that and put it in on. We both made them for the way down, and by the time we got to the trucks, it was still like another twenty minute, half hour snowmobile out, and it just worked so well. It was like, oh my god, this feels great. Just breathing freely, it's not icing up, and we were just like, oh, let's do this. Let's, this is great. Nobody's the first it. day, the first day, you were yeah, like, yeah. "Let's make so money from the, this." So That's the next, dope. so the next day, I went to the government agent in Squamish and registered the name Airhole. Sick, and, and yeah, and then uh, we just didn't. We just started making a couple right here on this table that we're sitting at. Amazing. There's a sewing machine right there. So yeah. Not that one. That was actually my grandma's old one that we started them on. But this is a new one that we got since. We started, but how uh, many did you make? We just started making samples. We probably made like five or in between 
five balaclavas and then a bunch of straight bandanas and different stuff. But mm-hmm. then we were down at uh, Iris, the Iris place. Yeah. Like Carl Fury. Um, and anyways, Carl started making, like, filming us. We we're in there, like, day drunk, kind of, like, fucking around. Like, yo, check out our masks and this and that. And Carl just kind of gorillaed a little commercial for us that we didn't know about and threw it up on the Iris website at the time. And next day, he's like, you know, we seen it. We're like, oh, holy shit, look at that. And then he's like, yo, man, we got orders. We got, like, next day, he's like, we got orders. We got, like... Ten shops called us saying, yo, we want these things. Amazing. Like, yo, we're going to do this. And then, uh, so me and Browner shopped it around between Iris and uh, Endeavor. Yeah. And I was riding for Endeavor at the time, after Lion. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, yeah, we just ended up going with Endeavor because they'd been making, you know, a lot of apparel and stuff in China and they'd been, you know, popping it there for about eight years at the time. Yeah. They had the good. connections to do it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it was just, yeah, it was good. Got that going. and uh, Endeavor just... at that time, that, that uh, warehouse space that they had. Yeah. And just the people that were there, Dow. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and Cordova. Yeah, and, and Surface was working out of there. Yeah. And Janky was always in there. And Bros was still there at the time, I think. Yeah. I've, and they just, you could tell that they had, like, the right aesthetic to you know to be like a cool yeah. like just a fucking awesome distribution center or whatever no, exactly. doing, it was great that was nice because after uh you know i wrote for a line for so long it was like five or six years and then that pieced off and then those guys were like oh you want to fucks with us for a little bit so <laughs> yeah they uh yeah they definitely helped me out for a while gave me and i got my uh i had like two pro models with them was that what year was that? Oh seven. So I started air we me and Brown started air hole in oh seven and then they partnered up with us right away. Yeah. And uh it made them a lot of money too. Like I know that there was times where Airhole was carrying Endeavor. Like sales wise or just like money wise. Yeah. The, it was so ta- huge. The tag team up for sure. Yeah, like it yeah. grew it grew really fast. Like yeah. it, our first year I think it was close to our first year was like 10,000 or something close to 10,000 air holes and then yeah. it almost kept doubling for the first like three or four years like I think it was like 10,000 and 18,000 and 30 some thousand units right yeah yeah and uh, I was just like wow like <laughs> Japan was going hard on them and like we're just every yeah. shop just like as many as you could bring in they would all sell out the the uh the creative driving force behind it was that you guys still or like all, that in, whole team in, in the beginning for the first couple of years it was uh myself browner johnny summers basically sitting around here in this living room right here at this table like just we were like up just like you know getting it we were like 20 I was 28 when I got this house so we were like late 20s just like you know, up till the sun comes up, drawing, like, we have so much art that we did, like, in my back room, I'll show you after this, we have yeah. tons of stuff. Sick. Um, yeah, just brainstorming and creating the vibe. And then get... figuring out, like, the, even the Velcro and all that shit, was oh, that Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, like, it was myself and Browner, 
Yeah. And a little bit of help from Johnny Summers, of course. But yeah. uh, we, I made the patterns with Chris, and like I, I'm the one that learned how to sew in high school, so I was the one <laughs> on the sewing machine, and me and Chris tag teamed the patterns, and uh, I love that. Just kept making samples and samples and samples, and it was, it was really fun. Like, it's it probably was, the most knocked off thing now like because air holes not just for snowboarding it it quickly became for hunting riding a fucking motorcycle all that shit well we just knocked off face masks but we just made them better yeah yeah everything's knocked off now yeah it's pretty hard to not knock something off yeah you can do anything but you just take something and make it better put your own twist on it type shit my kids don't ride without one and I'm like, I've, I never ride with them unless I'm in the backcountry and it's fucking freezing. Yeah, certain situations when it's like, when you're like at the point where you're like shrugging your shoulders up to pull your collar yeah, higher. Yeah, yeah. And you got shoulder tension. Yeah. At that point, put up your air hole, you release your shoulders, swiggle your out. neck, and you're like, ah, oh, okay, yeah. that's good. I see kids in the spring at Grouse. It's like 20 degrees out, and they got their air holes on. Yeah. Well, it's a, that's the a sun, it's a style sun, sun protector it's at a, that point. Okay, it's, yeah. That's, that's it's, sunscreen. It's, I think, or natural. I think uh, Sean White wearing a fucking face mask, definitely all those kids want to look like that. Like, that's what a snowboarder looks like now. Like, that happened that, in a video at game. At that time, yeah. especially, you know, he was hitting the, all that. You know, he was always wearing that because, you know, cover his face and... Definitely in the beginning, me and Brown were like, yo, we're going to put one of these on fucking Sean, this and that, whatever. Yeah. It obviously never worked out that way. It's like, what was he two, wearing? He was just two bot. He was just wearing like a, like a straight bot. No, just like a straight bandana or like black thing. His over own his thing. Just, yeah, with yeah. no hole. Whatever. Just a little face protector. Yeah. Yeah. It's to cool. Pr- protect the ginger. Actually, yeah. When we were at uh, Sunshine, I was riding with Terry. He still rides with one. So you can't tell who he is. If you're out there, except you could see his style. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all that's one good thing too. If you're out there and you're just, you know people that want to be yeah. a little more stealth, it's like a hundred percent. You have no idea who's yeah. who's under there. That's yeah. badass. Throwing a little limp and do some different <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, don't know who that is. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, obviously, they're multi-purpose. Yeah, and you and you guys, you and Browner, did all right with that. Um. Yeah, we're still. Yeah, it's still. Uh, we're partnered up with. With Endeavor, yeah. still, uh, so it was Max Janky and his dad Bruce, yeah. and Surface was with with them up until just about six months ago, yeah. and he just exited, so it's just the four of us now. Yeah, and yeah, I saw that that space is in half now, or in quarter, or whatever, and they they run, somebody's doing events back there. I saw oh, yeah. a video and, premiere back there. Okay, and Surface's studio side. Exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. sense. It's a cool spot, man. Oh, that spot's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was... Uh, that Railtown, was... that's a really nice zone. Yeah, totally. Mm. So, what's, uh, like, uh, we've kind of gone all the way through, but let's talk a bit about your mom, because I said it at the beginning, and then we moved the chairs all around. She, everybody knows her. In the community, in the pro snowboarding community, yeah, yeah, well, like, and you bring a her lot, to... a lot of people do or used to, yeah, and, and still do, of course, but definitely yeah. like the and old she's school, still... gold, golden days people. Like she was around totally. through all my competing days. Like she yeah. was driving me to the U.S. Open 
right, with all of my friends and your big extended Ford van when I was 15. Right. That was the year before I went in it. I wasn't in it. We just went down there because we knew it was popping off. So we got like five of my, or four of my friends and uh, went down there. And she was just around since day one. So like yeah. everybody knew her. She's like, a lot of, like, Nowadays, I'll be in Whistler and being like, oh, that's Diane's son. <laughs> like, for real, around the mound, like, oh, because she rides the hill all the time. So she's like, oh, my son, Kale, this and that, blah, blah, blah. She should do the the uh, Baker Bank slalom. Yeah, well, she she was there with me, I think, twice or maybe three times back in the day because I've done it, I think, four or five times when I was, like, 16 17, 18, 19. Yeah. Um, did she ever enter? Did? I don't know if she did. I, I don't think she did because that was like earlier days when she was still figuring it. Like she could do it now. Yeah. But back then she was still like a semi-beginner and the equipment wasn't all there. I gotcha. Like she's definitely progressed. Like she started when she was 48. God and damn. now she's 75. Phew. And she really started to get good in her, like, 60s. That's amazing. Like, even, like, in her, like, late 50s, but after she rode for a decade and then equipment got better and she's gotten healthier and her muscles are, you know, like, she she rides, she rides fast. Like, back in those Mount Baker bank slaloms, you know, there's Mount Herman across from Mount Baker right there. Yeah. And we were hiking up there to do a Sims photo shoot. And it's like a... 2300 foot hike it's like a huge hike right to the peak of mount herman and yeah she like did it with us she's like did it with her with her v8 camera pouch everything like hiked the whole thing up there with us like it wasn't like very far behind came in and like film. I, we have that footage in the basement actually in the basement in the, do you have tapes and tapes in boxes wait wait till you come downstairs we haven't even taken you down there yet we have like all these tapes like all my mom's tapes from, like, 1992 U.S. Open when I was 15 all the way up to, like, 99. And then we have all the mini DV tapes. Oh, my God. We have God. all this stuff we're about to capture. And like yeah. Get it all popping off. It's That's so sick. Yeah, people are going to be tripping on that, on that footage I mean, for sure. I actually just pulled out the box, like, a week ago and started watching, like, just watching, watching. And, like, we're not capturing yet, but... Yeah, we're just losing it, like oh, that's gold. So we have so much gold. Yeah, that's amazing. So, what did she do all those years? Is like, what was her career? Um, she was. Uh, well, we had a a flea market in Collingwood. She had like five different, five in a row, like five spaces, and it was, you know, she would travel around like buying, you know, furniture and like yard sailing and getting deals, buying yeah. and selling. Yeah. Like just cool old hippie shit, eclectic, you know, gypsy. I love that. Yeah. So she did that for a while and then uh, the flea market ended up closing when I was like 16 and maybe 17. And, uh, but that whole time she was still like just whatever money she saved or whatever, she would travel to competitions with me. And, even uh, spare because I rode for when I was sixteen. I got ninth at the U.S. Open, so that was wow. that was my first time in the U.S. Open. So Sims, I was riding for Sims 
for three years since I was 13. And they were like, oh, Noah Slaznik got 10th and I got 9th. So, and I was on his board, you know, the Noah's Nub green with the yellow base yep. with the skate trucks. Yep. And so they were like, okay, well, we'll put this kid on the pro team. And then Spare, Ezekiel, you know, yep. Ezekiel and Spare was a clothing brand they started along with Blonde. Right. So they were there, the owners of that, Vin, Vince De La Pena. He offered me, a, you know, you know, you want to ride for us? I was like, bam. They were at a SoCal, so I was, like, immediately on that. And then they were just really cool, and they, like, they paid for my mom to go to Japan with me. Oh. That year, they're like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to Japan, this and that. And I was like, yeah, you guys want to pay for my mom? Like, She's like, the fucking making it happen. And they were just like, yeah, damn straight. They paid for my mom. And then I think Sims put in some money for my mom another time to go to Japan. So my mom's been to Japan like twice That's rad. with me or maybe three times. I think just twice, but... And she's always there with her high eight camera, like capturing everything God, at damn. the bottom of the pipe. Yeah. Zoomed into the top in a snowstorm, just like following handheld panning. Everybody's runs perfect. And like, I love it. Yeah. She's got a lot of footage. Like that's, that's legend status, right? Yeah. There. Like all over. She like from Colorado, like from Vail to Kirkwood, California, big bear, um, like Vermont, like Stratton, Okemo, Kirkwood. Oh man, Sugarloaf, Maine. So um, did you? Kissing Bridge, New York. That's fucked up. Did you miss competitions when you like? Did you quit in a big way, or did was there a a thing that happened like where you're like ah fuck competing, or was it just like you got on a sled and it's like yeah I just no... I just kind of knew that if I was putting out images and magazines instead of this competition because I was straight competition kid and then I knew like I'm looking at magazines and seeing this and watching you know every video since I'm a kid and you know like it's like well I realized I could make that pop off instead of competing and I don't want to land on my head on ice and a fucking icy half pipe I land on my head over a hundred foot jump and three feet of powder, and it was, like, not a problem. Yeah, It was yeah. just, like, dreamland, right? Who, who was the first crew that you filmed with? Um, it would have been uh, Johnson and Kearns. For Whiskey 3. For Whiskey 3, yeah. And then right from there, do you, who do you film with after? Like, Kingpin? Uh, no, I was, did Whiskey oh, 3, yeah. Whiskey 4. Yeah. And then I was filming with Mouse. Yeah. High voltage, you know, Sick. Jamie Mossberg. Of course. So we did, uh, he did Milk. Yeah. And then I wasn't in that, but then I was in the Golden Circle Awards. Yep. And 1999. Yeah. And as I was filming for those, I started filming for Treetop Productions and yep. did Clear Cut and Second Wind. Right. During the same time. Like, actually, it was Golden Circle Awards, and then the year after, I did Clear Cut and 1999, and then Second Wind, the year after that, I only filmed for them. Second Wind was great. It was a good film. And Clear Cut, too, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, both of those. The best BC movies. Yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah, they were really building their brand at that point. It was sick. Yeah. And then, did you film with MacDog after that? Yeah. 
So, actually, then there was another clear-cut movie, Third Degree Burns. Yep, yep. And, and as all that clear-cut stuff was happening, that's that's when, uh, adios, amigo. Yo. Yeah, later, later, skater. Whoop, whoop. You guys maybe go out the front door. Oh, yeah, I just need my shoes. Or whatever, don't matter. Um, yeah, so as that was happening, that's, uh, 1999 with Clear Cut and all that, that's the same time, uh, same time we were doing 1999, or like, uh, Little Bastards, I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, we did Little Bastards, and that was the Iris movie, that wasn't even a Wildcat movie. But right. That was the beginning of the Wildcats. Yeah, yeah. And then the year after that, we did Return of the Wildcats, which was the first Wildcat movie. Right. Yeah, nice. <laughs> what was the deal with the Wildcats? It was just the backflips. It was something that everybody... It, it was... Uh, Actually, I... wait. Was the Wildcats named and then the the trick was named after the group because yeah. everyone in the group could do it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it, that it high was, test beer. We, right? we were at Devin's partying. Yeah. After shredding, we were partying. It was like daytime and he had a box of jeans and, and old shirts. And we had a couple cases of Wildcat beer. Yeah. And we were just day partying at his house. And he's like, I got all this <laughs> shit. I got, got to get rid of jeans and shit. And we just, like, got scissors and shit. We started cutting it up, making, like, you know, like, rocker shit. And just, like, getting fucking weird and getting hammered. And JF came back with, like, steaks and mushrooms and shit. And had a huge barbecue. And we're just getting hammered on Wildcat beer. And just fucking being idiots and just getting loose and because uh, we're drinking Wildcat and everybody's like yeah. you know, it's just I'm not sure who said it or whatever like obviously just try to be dug up before but yeah like the Wildcats obviously it was because of the beer yeah, yeah. I would imagine yeah <laughs> and then uh, after shredding for a bit doing that perfect cartwheel cartwheel backflip indie yeah it's like that just stuck like yo that's a Wildcat now yeah because I remember in that movie you guys did them all in a train yeah, all the boys did in uh, New Zealand. I actually, yeah. I wasn't there for that. I actually, uh, that was, is that the year I got, I was supposed to go to New Zealand. I got, I got caught by my Sims team manager in Tommy Africa's. And I, I was like, I had some acid and I was like selling acid to somebody. Like, just ran. I was like, oh, you got some acid. And I was like, oh, well, I, ha- I actually happen to have some acid. <laughs> yeah. For just like, I wasn't an acid dealer or whatever, but I was like, yeah, for sure. And I just kind of did it right in front of her or whatever. And then she, like, was like, oh, Kale's okay, a menace. We got to get him off the team. It's like selling drugs in the bar. Right that's how you got kicked off of Sims? That's how I got. That's how I got kicked off the trip to New Zealand. Oh, okay, okay. That's still <laughs> That's fucking crazy. That's how I got tripped off the trip to New Zealand, and yeah. then eventually it's probably why I got kicked off Sims. And that's like... Oh, you know what? They were yeah. going to fire me, too, and then Al Clark, because Al Clark wrote for them, and I, yeah. he was my fucking homie, because I lived with them forever, and you know, we were boys, and he was like, you, you know, if you're firing Kale, I quit, type shit. Sick. He, like, held me down heavy. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, Al basically uh, held it down for me <laughs> that's fucking crazy that's unbelievable but, uh, oh yeah so that's the reason i didn't go to new zealand that year and do a wildcat in the yeah. lineup with the yeah. boys that was the first wildcat lineup that new zealand trip i mean they were doing it i remember seeing them riding at seymour and 
it yeah, was, yeah. It was, it was like ironic, but it was also like everybody in the crew could do it. You know what I mean? Like, because nobody was doing flips. When I moved out here in 93, I could do a flip. Yeah. And I was like so sick. Like, you do like a flip where you like lean back and yeah. do a lean up back flip. Yeah. Do a yeah. perfect like cartwheel off the tail. Like, yeah. Sluggo. Yeah. Sluggo, yeah. but basically a sluggo fucking roll, but straight. Yeah. 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 Sick. Fuck. That was a fun time. That yeah. was a good crew to be a part of, huh? So, like, you film with those guys for a few. And while you're filming with them, that's when the Mac Dog thing is going down. Um, that was before. That was like before Mac Dog in the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, yeah. it was before Mac Dog because yeah. that was while I was with Treetop. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, after 1999. Were but, you uh, were you like so fucking pumped to be filming for the movie of all movies, like the Mac Dog with film? Mac Dog? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, yeah that worked out. Somehow I was, because uh, I was still f- filming for Clear Cut. That, that was the, as soon as I got my Lion board, when I had no sponsor, I went down and got that Lion board, started writing that, and then I was passing them. It was like, Mac Dog was there, I think Kearns was there, and it was obviously my homies, so I was like, oh. I didn't know Mac Dog at the time. What was it? Gary Pendergrass. Fuck, I don't know, I was... Obviously, pretty baked at the time. <laughs> Obviously, pretty baked. But, uh, anyways, yeah. So uh, they were just like hitting this thing, and they wanted somebody to get up on there. And they, uh, who else was there? Browner, Sansalone. Anyways, so I got up on top of it, and I wasn't filming for them, and I just ding, 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 got in the crew and hit it three times and got three good shots right away, and he just threw them in the movie so that was my way in for the next year that's amazing so the next year i actually got to film a part see so most guys would have it that their sponsor was buying ads yeah, for the movie exactly. and then they would then they would get a call and someone would say you're filming with mac dog make sure you're fucking here on time right now yeah but I, you I, just, I just i stuck my oops <laughs> I, I just jammed my foot in the door somehow you barged there. your way in but that's like i wasn't trying to i was just no, like exactly. it was just out of necessity because they needed to get somebody to get to the top that's so fucking rad though like you know like that's a great story to to actually yeah, get man, that, that timing was like that. impeccable right there that was yeah that's that dope was, that was good and then you know obviously i happened and I got into stand and deliver the next year and my yep. sponsors were really stoked so my sponsors yeah. did throw down yeah and everything meshed well like it was it was good because I had so many different sponsors at the time that they all fed off each other yeah I didn't have all my eggs in one basket so like Billabong fed off DVS fed off Drop fed off Iris fed off a lion and God damn, everything. that's a good line of the sponsors. The Source in Calgary. Yeah. Those boys hooked me up. Amazing. It was like, it was 2007, because that was the year I got my sled. So we had a Wildcats premiere there, for I think, for Nine Lives. We're partying in Calgary and partying with the boys, uh, like Mark Weeks. I think it was Mark and... Uh, he was like, I want you on the team for next year. What can I do? I'm there with Dev and all the boys. I'm like, I could really use a new snowmobile. And he just put out his hand. He's like, done. I was like, what? Oh, my and we were hammered God. partying at the thing. I was like, 
but that stuck in my head. I'm like, yo, this is Christmas. And I talked to him the next day, and he brought it up. He's like, oh, I promised you a snowmobile last night, didn't I? What? I was like, yeah, you sure you did. He's like, fuck. <laughs> like, I knew I'd been drinking. It's like, damn. So that was amazing. I got back to Squamish, like, whatever. And the dealership here was like, he called up with the credit card. And I was like, bam, got here, went and, like, picked it up right away. And it was like, fall. It was like, got it like in December because the premiere happened in November or whatever so I got a sled yeah. like right away they had it I was like oh so fucking cool fucking god that's amazing yeah the source killed it there for me shout out nice. to Mark at the source that guy I've heard nothing but good about that guy dude like he just gets it right like oh, yeah. he, he takes care of his staff really well and and he's all about snowboarding he's actually a shredder too right uh, oh yeah Fuck, Mark's been shredding for forever yeah, yeah i think right. the first time i seen them was i'm pretty sure the first time i saw them was that canadian nationals in banff or mm-hmm. lake louise when i was 12 oh god that was the first nationals yeah 91 when did you start partying when you moved out here after high school or did you party a little bit as a kid when you were no i didn't really party as a kid yeah like partied once i got into high school like more like you know, when I was 14. Sure, sure, sure. When I, when I moved, you know, I was 14. So I sold, on the way back from California with my mom and granny, we went through like Indiana or something, bought a ton of firecrackers. Yeah. Like a, like bricks and bricks of black cats. Yeah. bought in bottle rockets. Sick. So my, my mom was like, we're rolling through, I'm like, mom, like, we need to get them in. I can like load up. I can like <laughs> sell all these and gonna get it so she like we smuggled all these firecrackers back into canada and i sold them for like all of grade eight. <laughs> oh my god like all of like i think it was like the summer and then all of grade eight and i got i had like fourteen hundred dollars saved amazing. up some firecracker money <laughs> and my plan because i'd been like going to toronto to my buddy joe mcadoo's place and i know jump, joe. joe jumping on the trampoline yeah. For, like, training. I'm like, I'm going to get a trampoline for summer training. Sick. Snowboarding. And I was like, well... And then I was riding for Sims because, uh, you know, they hooked me up and they like, gave me the option to go to Camp of Champions so for free. Dope. So, I was like, if you get out there, you can get free Camp of Champions. So, I just was like, well, man, the plane ticket's cheaper than the trampoline. Yep. So, like, fuck the trampoline. I'm going to fucking BC. <laughs> And then, uh, and that was when Wes Lotz came out here with Anthony Vitelli. Wes's dad was paying Anthony to take Sa- care yeah, of Wes. Yeah, same year. Yeah, same year. Sick. So I was 14. I turned 15 in July mm-hmm. 25th. And Wes, I think, was like, just turned 13. He was like 12, just turned 13, like <laughs> little man. But that's, <laughs> yeah. when, that's when I started partying. You know, that's like basically, I smoked weed before then when I was like, yeah. You know, 14 a couple times, but then I really started smoking weed and, like, yeah, and like drinking with, you know, a little bit of drinking. But it was mostly back then just, like, smoking weed and laughing and, like, skateboarding and, like, yeah, just, like, yeah. Did was, you ever get to a point where the partying was, like, taking over and you weren't going snowboarding, you were getting shit done? Or in, in, the, in the Wildcat days, we had, yep. we would have nights where it's, like, we, okay, like, you know, we're still up, it's you see it in a couple of the videos, like we call Trevor. It's like me and Brown are calling Trevor, get him up early morning. And it's like five, and we're still up. And Anthony shows up, 
We wanted to go, me and Browner, when he gets there and we're like hammered, realizing that we shouldn't go sledding <laughs> early morning. But yeah, of course, a couple times it did. Yeah, it but no, you never had like a season where you're like, oh, fuck, I'm blowing it this season. I just, yeah, I'm not, all partied not, not when I was getting paid. Good. <laughs> not yeah. when I was getting paid to shred, for sure. <laughs> Over the last few years, I've had a couple seasons where, you know, I'm like doing my thing. I'm like, yo, I've been hitting it pretty good. Yeah, could have could have got that powder, or I could have got what I yeah got all that mess I got into for the last day or two. What do you got for <laughs> What do you got for sponsors these days? Like where where are you at with snowboarding? Is it just you for it's, yourself? It's now? just me, baby. Yeah, and mom sponsored yep. by mom still. Sick. Mom still. <laughs> OG sponsor. No, yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm riding uh, dope snowboards now. My cool. roommate, my roommate Dave. You know, obviously, people know about dope, dope industries, so I'm riding out those now because he's been living with me for like three years, and uh, I feel like those have been exponentially getting better from the like original, just like blackboard with the dope on it to like fucking seriously yeah. legit graphics. Well, that's like yeah, that's a the two year curve here. Yeah, it's, it's a like, very quick two year curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Original samples, yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, and you and uh, you know, I'm, I'd been riding Endeavor boards because they've always been giving me boards because of Airhole, you know, the connection. Yeah, right. From the right. beginning, so I've been riding Endeavor, but you know, I've still rode an Endeavor here and there. But I'm, you know, Dave's my boy, so it's like, yo, he's, yeah, I'm really trying to like, you know, yeah, just do you watch shoot him. photos and shit on him. Like, do you do you sometimes well, I, I go up when you see people? I, uh, yeah, I have, last year I was pretty mellow about it. I want to this year, but, um, yeah, um, yeah I'm definitely going to get, get on him. It's not my main priority, but, uh, just getting pow, but. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to get some shots. There's going to be some shit on the day. That's fucking great, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I definitely, like, don't feel, uh, if I had, like, if I had the opportunity to, lay, like, have, like, oh, here's, uh. Here's your this, here's your heli time, here's your budget. Like, right. yo, man, trust me, I would get after it. But, like, yeah, doing, like, life shit, I, can't, you, I can't get after it as hard as I do would you, love to right now. Do you feel, like, kind of a sense of relief to not have to be doing that shit? Or? I Yeah, I used to back when I first retired. Yeah. You know, back when I was, like, 31, 30, 32, 33. Yeah. And I definitely... Uh, got that nice sense of relief like oh i'm not like obligated to put my it's a hectic to put, schedule to put my body yeah. on the line here and yeah. go like physically it's phys- physically demanding and Fuck yeah. wears you out gnarly, and dangerous but, and dangerous yeah for sure yeah that, that you know that being one of the main points but yeah there's a relief <laughs> when it's like oh i don't have to hit this 100 foot jump i could just like launch this little guy over here but you know that i i still really I want to get it. Like I just, yeah. I just want to get. I just need a little more. Uh, yeah, if I had a little more wiggle room right now, where I had a budget to be like, bing, 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 bing. Trust me, that's all I'd be doing. You could probably make it happen. Yeah, yeah. If you, you throw know, throw it I mean? out there and get yeah. some trips popping, and be like, oh, let's get some trips popping. Yo, we need to go to. Yeah, the way that Nico and and Terry are doing it, and I mean, they still have legit sponsors, but there's also those like surprise guests. 
you know, and then there's bald face and oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's a real uh, oh, trust me, there's love for we're get, we're gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. The season's early right now. It's what it's the twenty second. Yep, very early. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I'm good. psyched so I've far. Had, I've had a I've good had some one. I've had some really good days too this year. Like Whistler's been just, getting crazy snow. Oh yeah, yeah. Big storms. Yeah, I've had ten days on Whistler, and like nine of them or eight of them were like really nice pow days. Oh, that's so I'm good to hear. I'm just cruising, like yeah, yeah. Feels good to be back. Sick, dude. Sick. I'm gonna take a quick piss break here. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Fucking piss for a second. You put together an all-time list of sponsors when you were, you know, building your snowboard career. Did you have a pro model on IS? On Iris? Yeah. That's yeah. fucking unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think maybe like three or four different years. That team was stacked. We, we would, it would be the team goal, but we'd each get a colorway. So we'd pick our own colorway uh, and we'd dope. have our little signature on the back where the clip was. Those sold so well. Yeah. I know. Like, It's a shame that Iris isn't popping anymore, but... Yeah, I don't really know how that fizzled out. It shouldn't have, but... Yeah, it just... Uh, it's hard. It was hard market, and I always know. had I always had the feeling that Devin kind of bankrolled, like you know, like Wildcats clothing and like IS. I thought that he had no, some he did, yeah. In it. No, yeah, Devin was uh, it was Jack Wang and Devin yeah. and yeah. Devin. I'm not sure what the percentage was or whatever, but it was you know it was Devin's mm-hmm. child basically. And, and then, uh, yeah, he did bankroll that, and he did bankroll. Um, a lot of Wildcat stuff, and then him and JF later partnered up and bankrolled stuff. And when the movie, you know, that yeah. uh, Wildcats Never Die came, like before that. But that was, like, obviously way later. But yeah, yeah Devin yeah. was uh, the boss, as usual, type. That's fucking dope. Yeah. So at this point, I tell a story about Kale and Devin's roommate and Wildcats teammate Dave Cashin. But that's a story for a Cashin episode. Yeah, it was older to Cashin. Yeah, you know back then he was it was awesome, like great yeah. energy, and he'd get loose. Yeah, he was such a good skateboarder. I remember him like very good. Before I just moved, because he like moved out. He was from Ontario, and I just knew like I think when I was like skating Toronto when I was really young, like sixteen, like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. I'd always go down from Collingwood to skateboard with Carl and all my you know Collingwood boys. And uh, we'd skate the banking district or whatever and meet up with West Lotes. And, but I remember, like, pretty sure meeting Cashin a couple times then. And then, you know, in the beginning out here, and then skating with Cashin at, like, Red Bricks and different places. And, you know, we weren't really great friends or whatever. And then we got to know each other more through, like, Wildcats and stuff. And Yeah. Yeah, I remember just, uh, yeah, Cashin was a loose man. He was getting he'd party hard, just... Remember Whistler, when he got he'd, that? He'd just get naked and run around <laughs> loose yeah. around Whistler Bowl. Fucking, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that cover shot that where he was in like Detroit, I think, and he had a fucking legit rail cover shot? Do you remember that? Yeah, that was so yeah, yeah. Badass. It was badass. It like he, I don't know if he really got it. He like it was like a double decker like stadium shit was like yeah. a 20 foot drop on one side and yeah. he like went over the back of it to his back did um, he oh god I, I just remember seeing the shot and being like shit that's gnarly 
That's super duper gnarly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I was super proud of him when he came back with that. Super from proud work. of him when he came back with no brain injury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I'm proud of everybody that hits rails like that that comes out of it with no brain injuries because that shit's fucking alien to me. Because I like you I didn't know do, that I yeah rarely hit rails like I was. I remember I was at Kissing Bridge. I think I was 15, Kissing Bridge, New York, for the Can-Ams. And they had this red rail in their park coming out of the trees and some other rails. This was, you know, 92, 93, I guess, back when resorts were just kind of like throwing rails up here, just like, hey, maybe, you know, you want a rail? <laughs> I remember hitting this rail and just like zinging out, clacking my head, and just realizing after that like I'm done with this rail game like <laughs> I hit I did barely hit rails on my skateboard like not I never hit many big down rails but I hit like little little rails and stuff and yeah like I'll leave that with skateboarding but and then like just watching people the level they would get to and stuff like it's dangerous as shit not that you know other big mountain stuff isn't dangerous or big jumps aren't dangerous but in a different way yeah, who would inspire you in the backcountry in those days? Like, who who were you chasing to, like, I, fuck, I want to ride like that guy? Um, well, shit. That was, I guess, like, you know, whiskey, whiskey three days when it was, you know, you know, Al Clark, Sheen Campos, um, KY, uh, all the other people, hitters. like, just everybody that was in all the whiskey videos and did, did anyone take you under their wing and 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 say okay here like you got to do this and you're going to be more marketable or did you just come up with that the skill of picking sponsors on your own um yeah that it just kind of came about naturally because uh you know, because I rode for Sims in the beginning, and then at the U.S. Open, then I got on spare clothing, and then, the, so I had that clothing and boards covered, and then from that part, uh, yeah, I just, and then I got Iris, obviously, when I moved out to B.C. when I was 18, I was, like, on that team from the beginning, and because I didn't have all my eggs in one basket, like, I wasn't a Burton kid or whatever, since I already had my eggs spread out and it just diversified even more i was like oh well i'm open open to have a glove sponsor and a goggle sponsor and all these different sponsors and it you know obviously i thought about it and it was like oh this is kind of smart to spread everything out a little bit so if fuck yeah it doesn't work out with these guys and then realizing that all these sponsors are feeding off each other because when i get ad you know like i had a lot of magazine advertisements where I'm getting ads with everybody so it's just compounding and who was on the billabong team when you were on there was that um the Kevin Jones and uh Tara Dikita's days yeah yeah Sick. I I got on billabong I think when I was 22 yeah so like uh yeah um Andrew Crawford Kevin oh, yeah. Jones Tara Dikita's uh I'm just drawing a blank right now. Oh yeah, no, the, well, I, so. I'm just because I can remember their trade show booth. It was huge. Their their clothing wasn't really that like 
prevalent in Canada at that no, time. No, no, definitely But they were not. huge in the States, massive, massive. Yeah. And their lime was beautiful. And B- Billabong Road for, I mean, Billabong Road, uh, Slaznik Road for Billabong. Oh, Before that, yeah. Slaznik was on Billabong, yeah, so I was always like, yeah. hyped on that. I think it basically uh, he was off by the time I got on there, when, right, right in the tail end. When you beat him at the U.S. Open, were you guys, you guys were teammates at the time, you're riding his Yeah, board. I was amateur, you yeah, know, kid yeah. from Ontario, and yeah. I had met him the year before, and uh, I met him that year, but, you know, I was just a little kid on Sims, so I met him and Palmer and Tina Bassett yeah. and the whole crew, Rad. and Vincent, oh, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so I basically, uh... Did you do any trips with him, with, with Salaz? Yeah, yeah, with... Yeah, in the beginning, like, I used to go down to Tahoe since, I, you know, well, I was 16 when Sims put me on the pro team. So we would have Sims photo shoots in Tahoe, and it would be, like, Neil Drake, Aaron oh, yeah. Vincent, Noah Slaznik, um, Palmer um, was on Sims, like, just, he, I guess he was still on Sims for a couple of days, but I didn't really do too many trips with him other than... Seeing out, seeing at the U.S. Open those yeah. couple of years, yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, I spent time with Slaznik and Aaron Vincent. Like What's, those, those they, they, always, they always had the best weed too. Like yeah, we rolled yeah. into Tahoe and like Av and Slaznik had obviously they're in the going from wild. They had just the nicest Cali fucking weed ever. And you know, I was like sixteen at the time, just so hyped. Like, oh my god, I'm with Slaznik and Av. Like, Smoking the real. I remember at Wendell's one summer I was like eighteen. We went to this dirt bike track somewhere near like uh, just outside of uh, government camp. Yeah. And Slaznik lent me his dirt bike. He had like a KX two fifty, and he's like, Fuck "Let yeah. me take it for like an hour to rip this track." And it scared the shit out of me because <laughs> <laughs> like Slaznik was a sick dirt bike rider, and I was an eighteen year old kid with like. Little to no dirt bike skills, but figuring it out is like that was just cool. And like, I saw the way you drove home tonight, and I'm like, you, everything you do, you do fast, yeah. Like, so can I, I can't even imagine you on a on a dirt bike for the first time, just like sending it. Yeah, well, I was just trying to keep it. Actually, just trying not to die. Like a two fifty <laughs> KX two fifty two stroke done out like. Yeah, I was, you know, that was the start of it. Like, I didn't even own a dirt bike by that point. Then I, a guy bought Browner's 98 uh, YZ125 when I was 18 when I moved out here. Rad. And uh, I started to get into dirt biking a bit more. And, but I never uh, grew up dirt biking or nothing. So it was, it was really, like, new to me, like, magical, like, just to go to, like, tracks or go to, like, the track on the res in Tawasson. Back back then it was like early two thousand like ninety nine two thousand ninety eight, um, yeah. What a life, dude! That's fucking awesome. Like th- those those days were just so fucking hype. And being based around like the lower mainland, whether it's Whistler or Vancouver, there's just so much shit to do all the time. Yeah, there's to... so many logging roads. A lot of yeah, a lot of exploration going on here. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I fucking love living out here. It's got to be oh, man. the best place in the world. Oh, it's incredible. Like, yeah. I lived in Whistler until 2006, mm-hmm. from 96 till 06, and then I got my place here in Squamish. 
I know it's been like 14 years now, but I love Squamish. It's such a perfect, like, half an hour to Vancouver, half an hour to Whistler. Yeah. Got the ocean, the rivers, like, it's... Those lakes. Oh, it's man. It's so epic to go up to. Yeah, we're in the center of the universe here. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, man. Is there anyone you want to shout out to? Anything you want to say to your fucking fans? You still have tons of fans, dude. People Ch- love uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, shit. I like to <laughs> shout out everybody, all my fans. <laughs> all my family, everybody. You know who you are. Like, damn, my mom. All my sponsors, everybody that ever messed with you, everybody that ever hooked me up. Um, yeah, it's been a blessed life. I've really, uh, I've really been on an amazing path here, and now I'm just sitting here. Squamish, 41, still getting pow. I can't complain, man. Yeah, I really, uh, really uh, a lot of gratitude for everything I've been through. It's, Thanks for doing awesome. this, dude. Well, I really appreciate you. Thank it. Thank you for coming up. Yeah, anytime. Know, uh, I'm loving it, loving your radio voice. I've <laughs> really been killing it. I've listened to like so many of the podcasts. And oh, thanks, yeah, man. It's really cool to that's, go over. I know. That's why I do it for sure. When I hear that guys like you listen to it, I'm like, fuck. Oh, man. It's so interesting. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, doggy. All right. Whoop, whoop. Effin' Rad shoutouts this week to Anson and Dano. Had a rad time shredding with you guys this week. Special thanks to Steve and Jonathan at Burton for hooking up the show with support from Anon Goggles. I've been riding Anon M3s and now the M4s, which both have magnetic lens technology and absolutely rule. Thanks again, you guys. Love the support. And thanks to all the listeners who send messages and feedback about the show. One last thank you to Craig Dexter, Cheers, man. You know I appreciate the letter you forwarded to me, so be sure to come back next week for another episode of the Effenrad Snowboarding Podcast brought to you by SIA Productions.